I cannot hear or read these texts for today without thinking back to 2006. It was close to this date, it was October 2nd, and it was close to my home. We lived at the time in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I had just put our children on the school bus and was out running errands when the news broke. There was an incident just a few miles away at a one-room Amish schoolhouse. There were young girls being held captive and being shot. It was beyond horrifying. And as the news continued to unfold and the number of the deceased grew, six in all, five young girls and the perpetrator, the entire county and then country was in shock. The media descended on the normally peaceful and bucolic farmland. Helicopters buzzed overhead, TV trucks were parked up and down rural roadways, many of them dirt roads, and reporters jockeyed for position near the schoolhouse. And while everyone was still reeling from the tragedy, the focus of the media attention started to shift. It was no longer simply the story of another and far too often occurring school shooting. Suddenly the story became about the Amish community's response to the shooter's family. Because you see, on the very day of the massacre, the grandfather of one of the victims was heard to say, we must not think evil of this man. He had a mother and a wife and a soul. And he is now standing before a just God. There were members of the Amish community who went to the perpetrator's family that very day. One Amish man held the shooter's father in his arms while that father wept over what his son had done and over his son's death. They tended to the widow and her children and more than 30 members of that community from the Nickel Mines community attended the shooter's funeral to comfort and support the widow. Forgiveness, wild, abundant, extravagant, and certainly countercultural forgiveness. The very forgiveness that Joseph showed his brothers who so deeply wronged him. The kind of forgiveness that comes when we suspend judgment as Paul exhorts readers 
in his letter to the Romans. The kind of extravagant forgiveness Jesus demands in his telling Peter that he must forgive not just seven times, but 77 times. Whereas the King James Version tells us 70 times seven. The merciful forgiveness the king shows the first slave in Jesus' parable. The kind of forgiveness that makes no sense to the world and is therefore newsworthy. It makes no sense except that we have been forgiven. You see, the Amish live out these texts. They not only read them, but they inwardly digest them and live them. Forgiveness is foundational in their life together in community. It is the bedrock of their faith and how they relate to one another on a daily basis. Forgiveness is embedded in their society through five centuries of Anabaptist tradition. And it is grounded in the firm belief that a life in Christ demands forgiveness. The community's acts of forgiveness were not isolated decisions by a few saintly individuals but rather happened because of intentional practices that are supported by all aspects of their life. The Amish response reflected the sect's heritage and deeply embedded faith. They understand that forgiveness and pardon are not the same thing. As the community elder said, we must not think evil of this man. He had a mother and a wife and a soul, and he is now standing before a just God. Forgiveness relinquishes the right to vengeance, while pardon forfeits punishment altogether. They are not the same thing. Forgiveness leads to reconciliation, and reconciliation restores relationship within a community of a victim and an offender, where it creates a whole new relationship. The Amish willingness to forego vengeance does not undo the tragedy or pardon the wrong, but rather it constitutes a first step toward a future that is more hopeful and certainly more compassionate. And indeed, the Nickel Mines schoolhouse was raised and a new one-room schoolhouse was built in a nearby location and they named it the New Hope School. The world was first shocked 
by the tragedy, but then further shocked by the show of compassion. My friends, as followers of Christ, should we really be shocked? If we clearly comprehend the forgiveness we have been extended by God, shouldn't we desire to share that same abundant forgiveness as well? Do we take to heart the words we say each week, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? When we practice forgiveness on the little things, the daily offenses that can take root in our heart and grow into deep bitterness, when we are in the habit of forgiving daily, we can more easily understand forgiving things that seem unforgivable. Wild, abundant, extravagant forgiveness, just one of the many gifts we are given by God, and out of that gift, we are called to give. Jesus' parable tells of the wicked behavior of the forgiven slave who refuses to forgive those who owe him a debt. He has received and refuses to extend forgiveness. Last week, we heard the readings for St. John's Day instead of the readings for the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. So Jesus' exchange here with Peter in the gospel may seem to be coming out of nowhere. Why is Peter even asking how many times he should forgive? So last week's text in the lectionary. The verses just prior to this are Jesus' instruction on how to handle conflict within a faith community. It will be familiar to many of you. First, go to the person who has sinned against you. Tell them what is wrong. And if they do not repent, bring two or three others into the conversation. And if the offender still will not repent, bring the disagreement before the entire community. And this is not about ganging up on someone. This is first off about being direct, a thing that is so hard for many of us. Being direct with the person with whom you have conflict and not triangulating, not gossiping, not talking behind anyone's back. Jesus is explaining how to live in community because, my friends, living in community is hard. How to treat each other well. And that even in conflict, he says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. It is immediately following this exchange that Peter asks how many times, 
he has to forgive. Typical Peter, right? Okay, Jesus, this all sounds well and good. I'll do that direct communication thing. I'll listen, I'll work to keep the community together, but surely there has to be a limit to how many times I have to forgive. Is it seven? Because seven's a lot. Surely, after seven times, I can move on. Not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. 77 times. Forgive over and over and over again. Do not let the seeds of bitterness take root. Forgiveness is foundational in the Amish people's life together in community. And it's supposed to be that way in ours too. Even when we are in conflict with one another, even when unthinkable tragedy strikes, even when forgiveness makes no worldly sense. Amen.